Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello, welcome and welcome back. Shabbat Shalom. I hope that your day is going well. And I'm glad that you can be with us this Sabbath. We are on 2 Kings outline slash reading number three, which consists of seven, eight, and nine. Those are the chapters. Chapter seven, chapter eight, and chapter nine. Um, I'm not going to do a um, recap of last week, okay, because that just makes things longer. You know, I'm very winded. And sometimes that's what we uh, need in the uh, study. But, um, you know, I'm trying to try not to be overly winded. <laughs> okay, before I read this outline slash reading of the chapters... I want to uh, say some things. I want to make some clarifications because I did do a daily lesson, which um, was on Wednesday, and it was many are called and chosen a few. Now, there are some things that I said, and I kept talking, 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 um, and I said two names that wasn't what it, uh, what I'm getting ready to correct. The first one is um, I said that... Um, Shaul is the one who I said Kepha the first time, but then I said Shaul, which is really Kepha, who is the captain of the um, apostles. And Kepha, when uh, the Ruach um, got on everybody, and this is in the book of Acts, um, he got on Ananias and Sapphira. I could not remember uh, the name Ananias, but he got on top of them for lying to the Ruach. You you you're not gonna lie to the Ruach, okay? And that's what they did. They sold their property for a certain amount of money. They took a piece of the money and then they gave the rest to Kepha, um, who was Peter. Um, and then uh, the Ruach told them, um, Kepha, this is not this is not what happened. So Kepha cursed both of them and they both died. I say that to say. Uh, for last week, less last week's lesson. Even if you think you're going with the Most High, you're not, because the Most High knows your heart better than you know your own. That's one correction. And the second correction is when I said that Yachanan is the one who said you don't know who you um who you worship. Yahshua said it in the book of Yachanan. Okay, Yahshua said it to the lady at the well. You don't know who you um who you um worship. We know who we worship as the children of Israel, but you don't know who you worship. And that's important also because people really believe that they worship in the most high, but they worship in God and Jesus. And we don't know who that is. Like I said, you need to come up out of her, which is the world, 
and the deception and the lies of the world. Learn who you are, know who you are, and who you belong to. And then you can start your journey on who you need to serve. Okay? So that's a... um. That's the clarifications. Uh, now I'm going to start with the reading. I'm going to try to be as uh, still as possible because it keeps going in and, out, in and out. When I listen to the lessons, sometimes I'm not able to listen to lessons, but some people tell me, oh, the lesson keeps going in and out. And I'm sorry about that because um, I have a mic that's pretty small, even though it's a, I believe it's a powerful mic. I don't know. But, um, you know, me turning my head and stuff like that, I got to stay still. And I really need a mic that's going to hang over my head so that I could just talk into it. But this one sits on the right side of me. And when I turn my head anyway, it cuts off. So meaning you can't hear me. So I'm still talking at sometimes and then it's just cutting off words. So I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm an amateur when it comes down to doing this. I mean, I know how to teach you what you need to know but as far as putting it on um all these devices it's just a mess i'm old school it is what it is yeah i could get everybody in the arena and i could start talking with a mic i mean that's you know hey it is what it is but all this other stuff i'm sorry just gotta deal with what we dealing with so um like i said we are in second kings and we are going to start with um, chapter seven, but hold on. I got to do the highlights. So I got to pull up this document for the highlights. Um, okay, I'm in seven. Hold on. Let me just, because I'm reading out of this. Um, and I will be reading out of the um, Amplified. You already know because it's regular language. Well, this D and Dow trips me up. I hate it. Uh, you know, they're going well. Uh, children of Israel did not speak um, English, but it is what it is. Okay, so here's the um, the outline. We're not going to, um, like I said, I'm not going to do the highlights of last week. We're just going to keep it moving. Two kings, um, the highlights from chapter seven is one, one verses one and two, Alicia, and I'll try to keep saying Alicia instead of Elisha, which it is the same thing. Alicia, Elisha. And Elijah is the one who got caught up in the um, heavens. The Most High sent somebody to come and get him. Okay, so if I slip and say Elisha, it's still the same thing. But I'll try to say Elisha. Okay, like I said, um, verses 1 and 2, Elisha prophesies incredible plenty in Samaria. Verses 3 through 11, four lepers venturing on the host of the Syrians bring tidings to their flight. Oh, let me get my glasses. Verses um, 12 through 16, the king finding by spies the news to be true spoils the tents of the Syrians. 17, 17 through 20. This is throwing me off, but it says the Lord who would not believe the prophecy of plenty, having the charge of the gate is trodden to death in the press. 
I don't know who the Lord is. I guess it's somebody who's ruling over some land because they're not talking about the most high. All right. So um, let me get on with uh, reading um, chapter seven. Alicia promises food. Now, let me just say this. You already know they're in a time of famine. So we're going to pick up from last week. They're in a time of famine. Okay. And the king, who is Ahab's son, now who's over the children of Israel, the ten and a half tribes, is mad at Elisha because there's a famine. Yeah. Anyway, when Elisha said, hear the word of the Most High, Thus saith the Most High, tomorrow about this time, a measure of finely milled flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the royal officer on whose arm the king leaned answered the man of the Most High, who is Elisha, and said, if the Most High should make windows in heaven, for rain, could this thing take place? Alicia said, behold, you will see it with your own eyes. But because you doubt, you will not eat of it. Now, you already know you're not supposed to be doubting the most high. That's being in the middle. How do you believe that you're going to um, be focusing on the most high? And in your mind, you don't believe it's going to be. You can't even please the most high without faith. If you don't have no faith, you walking in the middle because your mouth is saying that you got faith, but everything else in your being is saying that you don't. You don't think the most high knows your thoughts, your actions and all that before you even think him. Remember, he made you before the foundation of the world. This is the nonsense we go to. I told you it's not that many people going to go to the next life because they faking the funk. Okay. They committing the fraud and nobody got time for that. So the most high knows us deep in our hearts, in your heart of hearts, the most high knows it. You can't hide nothing from the most high. You can hide something even from yourself because our psyches are very wondrous and they can pull one over on us. If we are so um, uncomfortable, we can live in delusion. We do this to ourselves and we have the capacity to do so, but you're not going to fool the most high. That's why I say what I say. You're not going to fool the most high. I don't care how much your psyche is running wild. You're not going to fool the most high. Back to what I was saying. Four lepers relate our means flight. Now, four men who were lepers, and we're going to talk about lepers later because there's a new clip, news clipping that I would like to discuss. Anyway, this is um, going to be on Wednesday, uh, y'all willing. There were four lepers that were at the entrance of the city's gates. And they said to one another, why should we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine in the city and we will die there. The famine's in the city, so we'll die there. And if we sit here, we'll also die because they got that um, leprosy on them. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Armenians, Aramines, which is the Syrians. I'm just going to say Syrians. If they let us live, we'll live. And if they kill us, we will only die. So they already know they're going to die anyway because they got leprosy. Mm -hmm. And back then it was killing people. It was curse of, a, of the skin and they made the skin white. Okay. So they got up at twilight 
and they went down to the Syrian camp. But when they came to the edge of the camp, there was no one there. For the Most High had caused the Syrians to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses and the sound of a great army. They said to one another, the king of Israel has hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come and fight against us, which that wasn't it. The Most High just made them hear things, got to their minds. So the Syrians set out and fled during twilight and left their tents, horses, donkeys, and even left the camp just as it was. And they just picked up their whole lives and just left. That's all. They left with the clothes on their back or the armor or whatever they was wearing. When these lepers came into the camp, they went into the tent and they ate and drank and carried away all the gold, all the silver, all the clothing, and they went and hid them. And then they went back and they entered another tent and carried some valuable things from there also. <laughs> they was raiding the tents. <laughs> and then they hid them. Then they said to one another, we are doing the right thing. This is a day of good news, yet we are keeping silent. If we wait until morning, some punishment for not reporting this now will come on us. So come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called the gatekeepers of the city. They told them, we went to the camp of the Syrians and behold, there was no one there and no sound of any man. Only the horses and the donkeys tied up and the tents had been left just as they were. Then the gatekeepers called and they reported this to the king, um, Ahab's son, in the city. And the king got up in the night and said to the servants, I'll tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we're hungry. So they've left the camp to hide themselves in the open country thinking when we come out of the city, we shall take them alive and take them into the city. One of his servants replies, please let uh, let some men take five of the horses which remain in the city and consider this. If they are caught at worst, they will be like the people of Israel who are left in the city. Even if they're killed, they'll be like all of the people of Israel. I'm going to set the stage in a minute. Who have already died. So let us send them and see what happens now. I'm going to tell you what's happening. The Syrians, again, is picking on the children of Israel. You see last week when Elisha didn't kill those Syrians when the Most High made them blind and he led them into the camp. He left them alone. And those, um, those soldiers didn't mess with the children of Israel. But the Syrians are heathens and they continue to mess with the children. Why? Because the king of uh, the children of Israel that's residing in Samaria, which they say the king of Samaria, which is the land that the king of Israel is in, he's wicked. It's Ahab's son. That's why the Most High is doing it. So they can't, they close themselves up in the gates of the city of Samaria, and then they starved because the Syrians sat right outside and waited for them to come out. 
It was only so much food and water there. So now the most high is saying, all right, now I'm going to, I'm going to give y'all some food and I'm going to give y'all um, water and all of that. I'm going to make sure y'all are eating now. Uh, and this is when the four lepers went and they uh, found out that there's nobody in the camp and there's all this food, there's water, there's gold, there's animals, everything you could think of that the most high uh, made a sound for these people to sound like there was different armies coming after them. And the truth of the matter was the most high um, sent a delusion to them, sent, probably sent the angel to uh, to set up a scene that they thinking in their mind that they can ready to kill the Syrians and they ran off, leaving all the food and everything for the children of Israel. But the king don't believe it. That's the scene. So now some of the people are saying, well, let us just um, take a few people from the children of Israel just to spy out the land. And if, you know, these are expendable people because they're going to be the ones that's going to um, find out whether um, there's food. And if they even if they get killed, we can't be any worse off than we are now. That's basically what they say. So they took two chariots. These are the children of Israel. They took these guys to take two chariots with horses. And the king of Israel, um, who is um, Ahab's son, sent them over to the Syrian army saying, go and see. They went after to the Jordan. And all the road was entirely littered with clothing and equipment, which the Syrians had thrown away when they hurriedly fled. They ran off because they thought there was nations coming to get them. And the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people of Israel went out and plundered the camp. Now they can't plunder the camp because you coming after, if you're coming after me and you coming in my land on my territory and you knocking on my door, and then you hear something like my relatives is coming to get you, even though they're not. And I open up my door in my land. That stuff is mine. So how am I plundering it? This is what I mean about these scriptures. You ain't plundering something if somebody's invading your land. That's just like somebody coming to your house, knocking on your door, talking trash. They try to uh, force their way in, their, in your house. What can you do to them? You figure it out. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So the children of Israel went. And they took all the uh, or took all the stuff that was in the camp. I'm not gonna say plunder because that's what you do when you stealing something. They ain't stealing nothing anyway. They went to the camp, the camp of the Syrians. So the goods were also plentiful, and the um, measure of finely milled flour was sold for a shekel, just like the Most High said. I told you everything the Most High said becomes uh, comes to fruition. Okay. His word does not fall on death, nothing. It don't fall to the ground, none of that. His will will be carried out by his word. His word is spirit. If he told um, Alicia, by this time tomorrow, there's going to be a measure of finely milled flour that's going to be sold for a shekel, it is going to be what it is. Just like the prophets uh, is saying, what's going to happen to the people on this earth today? Oh, yes. It's going to be what it is. And that's what you need to understand and know. The Most High's word will not fall void. It will never fall void. It's going to be what it's going to be. Okay? So just like the Most High told Alicia, that flower was sold for a shekel. 
and two measures of barley for a shekel in accordance to the word of the most high. Praise y'all, hallelujah. See, you're not going to play with the most high. That's what you're not going to do. He said what he said, and it came to fruition. Just as it was spoken to Elisha. Now the king had appointed, hold on. The king appointed the royal officer on whose arm he leaned to be in charge of the city gate and the starving people trampled him at the gate as they struggled to get the, uh, the food. And he died just as the man of the most high foretold when the king came down to him. So the most high told the most high told the king through the uh, prophet, oh yeah, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And guess what? It happened. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It happened just as Elisha, the man of the most high, spoke to the king saying two measures of barley will be sold for a shekel and a measure of finely milled flour for a shekel tomorrow at this time at the gate of Samaria. And that's exactly how it went down. Okay. The royal officer had answered Elisha and said, now behold, even if the most high Hold on. Should make widows, oh, sorry, windows in heaven. Could such a thing happen? And Alicia had answered, you will see with your own eyes. Hold on. This is the man that said it, that doubted Alicia. That's the one who got trampled and died. Because you doubt, you will not eat it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him at the gate and he died. You see the most eyes not playing? What did I say? Since he doubted the most high, guess what? His life was required. You're not going to doubt a major prophet, okay? Now, there are some things in the scriptures that tells you what a prophet is and what a prophet isn't and what to look for in a prophet. And I'm just going to loosely translate it. If the most high talks to the prophet and the prophet says a prophecy and it doesn't come true, then that's a false prophet. And what should you do to that prophet? Kill him. But if the Most High is sending word to that prophet and you don't believe that prophet, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get killed, just like this man who doubted. That's why you can't walk in the middle. You cannot walk in the middle because you're not going to please the Most High, honey. You have to have faith. You can't come to the Most High without faith. It is what it is. Now we're on um, chapter 8. And here's the highlights. Verses one through six, the Shulamite left, um, excuse me, having left her country seven years to avoid the four, the forewarned famine for Alicia's miracle's sake has her land restored by the king. Seven through 15, Haziel being sent with a present by Ben-Hadad to Alicia at Damascus after he had heard the prophecy, kills his master and succeeds him. Verses 16 through 19, Jehoram, which is Ahab's son, the king, he's wicked. Wicked reign in Judah. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. Verses 20 through 22. Edom and Libna revolt. Uh, verses 23 uh, through 24. Ezahiah succeeds Jehoram. Um, verses 25 through 27, as a highest wicked reign, uh, verses 
28 and 29, he visits Joram being wounded at Jezreel. The king restores uh, the Shulamite's land. Now, Alicia said to the Shulamite woman, that's the one he brought uh, the child back to life, whose son he restored to life, prepare and go, you and your household, and stay temporarily where you can, for the Most High has called for a famine. You see how um, the Most High told Elisha, you better let that woman know because we, you know, we don't want her son to die again or her. Um, it's going to be a famine. You see how the Most High has favor on this woman. I'm going to say this before I keep going. You see how men always saying, oh, and in these scriptures and even in certain uh, nations, how they treat women like crap and how they treat women like second class citizens. If they treated women so much like that, and if people say that the most high don't regard women like men, why is the most high showing favor to this woman over and over and over? That's what you need to understand. Um, you got to, I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to do a lesson and it's going to be a strong, powerful lesson about men and women. And I feel like I need to do this lesson simply because there was a sin in the beginning and it did leave a horrible, disgusting stain on a woman, meaning the original sin was Eve. And because um, Adam followed suit and he knew better, it fell on Adam. But because Adam was first, the first son of the most high and Eve came from Adam, uh, Eve's sin, there was a specific sin on her. I already told you, um, uh, Genesis chapter three, the whole Genesis three, you read how that sin came on Eve. Not only the fact that she's going to have terrible, a terrible time having children, but she's always going to have to be the, under the thumb of her husband. Whereas she was first to help me, uh, 50, 50, right there on the side. But then she fell under uh, the, the husband who was Adam because of her sin. J uh, just because she was ignorant and she was does not mean that there's no excuse. Okay. And uh, the ignorance of Adam, it wasn't no excuse either. That's why the most high did what he did to both of them. I say that to say there's some people that believe that women should be in a quote unquote place. And nine times out of 10, the women got more sense than the men. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's true. Okay. Not only is there a lot of times more sense uh, concerning the women, when males and females, when they're babies and stuff, women, females learn faster than males. Their, uh, their learning skills is different than the males uh, learning skills. It's all different. And I'm not trying to jump on the man. I love my counterparts. I love my male uh, brothers, uncles, fathers, grandfathers, nephews. I love them all, but I got to be truthful. I got to be truthful. It is what it is. Um, and I have to say within these scriptures, you see the uh, disparities of women. And even today we see it. And I only want to tell you where it originated because it did originate in early history of humans and i don't care what religion you came from everybody came from adam and eve everybody so i have to say that the original people 
are the ones that sinned and it was specific sins on the man Adam and the specific sins on the woman Eve which is not Eve is not her real name and specific sins on the devil specific and I already told you that which the specific uh the specific sin is uh Genesis 3 14 through 16 about the devil's children and um and uh Eve's children will be fighting until the end of time until the end of this world they're gonna be fighting until Yahshua comes and puts an end to all of that that's the consummation of time that's why I did the consummation of time because everything is relevant and um as far as men and women and why there's so much disparities and even today how men is trying to dictate how a woman's womb should be sir when you grow a womb then you could say something, okay? I don't even go to a male GYN. I, I don't care how much you learned about it. You ain't got it, okay? I'm just saying. And like I said, I don't have nothing against them. I'm just going to tell you the truth and what it is in these scriptures, and I'm going to prove it to you by the scriptures. I'm not talking out the side of my neck. I'm going to prove it to you in the scriptures and in the books because there are several books that tell you in regards what's going on and how women got their respectability back by Miriam, the mother of Yahshua. That's how she got her respectability back. But somewhere along the line, these men still think that the women still got this uh, black dot on them from the original sin. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true. And I will be, uh, I will be uh, discussing that too and coming with hella receipts, just saying. Back to what I was saying. So Alicia is telling the Shulamite woman, get out of the land because it's going to be a famine. I don't want you to die. You know, I don't want you to die. And I don't want your son to have to go through this stuff again. So he gave the woman a hint and a half to get out of uh, the land that she was in. And then he says, uh, for the most high is going to call for a famine. And moreover, it will come into the land and continue for several years. Now, I want you to take note too. When the Most High said, and this is uh, this is also in um, uh, Abraham's time, uh, there was famine. Um, Isaac's time, it was famine. Yahuda, I'm sorry, not Yahuda. Uh, Yaakov, who they called Jacob, which there was no J's or no Jacob. Anyway, Yaakov's time, there was famine. Even when the twelve brothers went to look for their brother in Mizraim, that they call Egypt. He uh called, they he looked for them. Um, the brothers looked for him in Mizraim. You will get more meat when you listen to the book of Yashir. I already told you I uploaded it. So they went to go look for their brother in um Mizraim, and there wasn't no famine there. And even when Yosef was there and he was under the Pharaoh, which he ruled Egypt. He did a smart thing, guided by the Most High, and put away grain and all that because the Most High told him there was going to be a famine for seven years. I say that to say everything works in cycles, and there will be another famine now that they call a depression or a, um, what else they call it? They call it famine, depression, and um, what is it? Um, recession. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know that th this stuff happens in cycles. It never, um, it never just popped up. It was always here. So I'm just letting you know. I'm just giving you some background while I'm reading this, and like I always do, just giving you more information. 
Okay, so the woman set out and did everything in accordance with with um Alicia said. She and her household, which is her husband and her child, they went and they stayed temporarily as foreigners in the land of the Philistines for several years. Mm-hmm. You know who the Philistines are. They are the um ants, I can't say ancestors, they the progeny of the giants. So their ancestors mixed with giants. Uh, sorry, fallen angels. Um, and at the end of the seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines. I want to talk about the Philistines later on too, because there's another article I'm going to read and it got something to do with them and giants and all that. Anyway, hold on. And she went to appeal to the king of Israel, which is Jehoram, the uh, the son of Ahab. You already know Ahab was wicked. And I have to keep saying that. Even if I don't say Jehoram, if I'm saying the king of um, Israel, that's Jehoram, who is Ahab's son. Remember, the Most High killed Ahab for being wicked, for stealing somebody's land, lying, and, and letting the heathen uh, Isabel who they call Jezebel, you know, there wasn't no J's. Isabel be the trick that she is. Okay. So uh Isabel is still alive, by the way. Just saying. Uh, she's the queen mother of Jehoram, who is wicked. Now she's wicked because she's a heathen from another nation that she, uh that uh Ahab should not have married. That's a uh breaking the law, and she's just being wicked, she's making everybody wicked. Uh-huh. So uh her son is also running amok. So this woman, the Shulamite woman, appealed to the king of Israel, who is Ahab's son, Jehoram, for her house and her land. So she's asking for, for her stuff back. Now, the king was talking to Gehazi. You already know Gehazi turned into a leper for stealing from the Most High. Uh-huh. And and coming in the name of um, Alicia when that wasn't true. So he wasn't lying on Alicia. He was lying on uh, the Most High. Because the Most High made a miracle and took the uh, took the leprosy off the um, Syrian um, king's right-hand man. And then Gehazi took it upon himself and went up there and lied. When Alicia said, you don't, don't give me nothing. Just know that the Most High cured you. And here go Gazi running up there and go, well, now Alicia wants some lying. So now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of um, Alicia. And he said, tell me all the great things Alicia has done. First, he wanted to kill Alicia. Now he want to know all the good things that Alicia did. These are the snakes. They all snakes. Just as Gehazi was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life, praise y'all, hallelujah, behold, the woman with her son he restored to life appealed to the king for her house and her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, the king, this is the woman and her son to whom Elisha restored to life, praise y'all, hallelujah. When the king asked the woman, she told him everything. So the king appointed for her a certain high official saying, restore everything that was hers, including all of her produce of the field since the day that she left until now. Now she left seven years ago. 
he came when she came back with her husband and her son they gave her everything she lost praise your hallelujah alicia predicts evil from haziel now alicia came to damascus and ben hadad the king of syria was sick and he was told alicia has come here and the king said to haziel take a gift with you you see how alicia still was nice to these heathens and they still was being heathen this is what i mean there's some people that's nice to certain nations. There's some people that appeal to certain nations. There's some people that bow their necks down in every way to these other nations and the nations still be wicked to them. Guess what the most high is going to do to them? Oh yeah. There's a lot of prophecies that's, um, that's for these nations. Uh -huh. There's nations out there that never, nothing ever been happening to them. They always been on top for over 2000 years. Guess what the most high is going to do to them? Save them for last baby. Ooh, woo. It, I can't even describe to you what the most I'm going to do to them. But we'll be talking about it soon. Anyway, and the king said to um, Haziel, take a gift with you and go meet Elijah and acquire of the most high, saying, will I recover from this illness? Do you see how the, um, how the king of um, <laughs> Syria is asking um elisha is he gonna be all right and syria keep trying to fight the children of israel i i i i have no words for the audacity of these nations <laughs> i'm gonna keep moving so haziel went to meet elijah with a gift and said and the gift was 40 camels and loads of stuff. I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to try to cliff note it because it's nonsense. And he stood before Elijah and said, your son, Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, sent me to ask you, will I recover from this illness? And Elisha said to him, go and say to him, you will certainly recover. You see how gracious the most high is to the heathens and they trying to kill his children? Let that be a lesson to these heathen nations that's still trying to kill his children because the Most High going to get his way. Trust and believe he going to get his way. And the Most High has shown me that he will certainly die. Okay? So uh, let me clarify. Alicia said to him, go and tell the Syrian king, you're going to recover, but the Most High showed me that you're going to die. So you might recover from this illness, but you're going to die, honey. So we don't know what he's going to die of, but he's sick right now. And he's begging Elijah, oh, go tell Elijah to consult with the Most High to see if I'm going to live. See, these heathen nations know who the Most High is, whether they listen to, to or adhere to the Most High, because they know who the Most High is, is another story. Alicia stared steadily at Haziel until he was embarrassed. And then Alicia wept. Haziel said, why are you weeping, my Lord? And he answered, because I know the evil that you will do to the sons of Israel. Uh, let me stop that. Let me stop it right there. And I'm going to say this. Just give me a second. When I said Wednesday, 
that there's a lot of stuff that's happening to people I love. And it's going to happen to all of us at one time or another. When I said I'm an empath, I'm going to tell you this. An empath is somebody who could feel somebody else's pain to the point that it's their pain. And there's scriptures that say you should cry with your brethren and lift your brethren up and become one because that's what we're supposed to do. Elijah is crying because he see the wickedness and people don't have a clue of what they're doing to themselves and what they're doing to other people. And I'm going to give you a little bit of information about that. When Yahshua was sacrificed, the first thing he said to the Most High is forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm telling you with every ounce of my being, the devil is trying to take each and every one of our souls. And what he's doing is dangling things that you want in front of you to deceive you so that you could do stuff to curse the most high. This is what the whole thing about life is about. From the beginning, the devil said, I will not worship clay and matter. I will not. And I will do everything I can to humiliate you, most high, for making these beings and trying to make them bigger than me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to trip them up in every way I can. And I'm going to make sure that they in delusion. When I call people stupid criminals, the devil is telling you as many times as you try to rob somebody or shoot somebody or do whatever, in your mind, you believe that nothing's going to happen to you when it's farther from the truth. So the devil is telling you, yeah, you could steal that. Yeah, you could rob this bank. Yeah, you could rob that person. Yeah, you could rob this convenience store. Yeah, you can go down the block and kill somebody and nothing's going to happen to you. That's what the devil's telling you. And guess what? It never works out the way you believe it. I don't care how far you run. I don't care how long you run. You're going to get it. What you reap, you're going to sow because it's a law and the most high laws do not fall down and neither does his word. But the devil and his devices, not only is he telling you to do certain things, he's telling you to do this to damn your soul. Each and every one of the most high's prophets, major and minor, know this firsthand. And when the Ruach starts dealing with you and getting down in your spirit and telling you the truth, it is the hardest thing in the world to try to tell somebody to turn from their wicked ways and they still keep going that way because we know what's going to happen to you. We know, and it's hurtful because we doing everything in our power to turn you away from the devil. The devil's going to die because the most high is going to get rid of him. The devil knows he's going to die. He knows he has a short time and he's going around, he's going around ravaging people that's that uh that scripture when um the devil knows his time is short but he's walking around like a, a, a roaming around like a, a lion seeing who he may devour if he could get to you in any way he's gonna drive your soul in the ground and this is what elijah understands to the full potential and i'm not gonna say understand he overstands it so he's looking at this man that's coming humbly to him and elijah just starts crying why because he knows 
that these people going to turn around. First, they humbly ask the Most High some. Then they're going to turn around and they're going to be heathenistic and they're going to try to kill the children of Israel and they might kill a lot of them. For what? So what they do is going to come back to them. This is what I mean about everything is relevant because these laws, they eternal laws, okay? They're moral laws, they're ethical laws, and they've been sent into this earth and they're not going to fall down. They're not going to fall void. It's people going to make mistakes all the time and they're going to make mistakes. They have no idea the magnitude that they just sold a soul to the devil um, by doing. And this is why Elijah is crying because he sees the soul of the person that has no idea that they're going to um, death. And I don't mean just a carnal death like we hear um, and you, you know, live a certain time and then you die. You no longer here. No, you will not be when the most high resurrects everybody, you will be destroyed. That's what I'm talking about. Cause there's two worlds. I already said what I said and you need to understand the magnitude of what people do. This is why it's so important when people get on a platform and they trying to tell you what's going on so you could turn around and repent. So you could change your mind. This is why people take their time because their time is precious. All of our times are precious. When people get on this platform and they telling you what you need to hear because we in the last days, honey, they not doing it for themselves. They doing it for you. And they're taking their precious time and energy and they're giving it to you. This is how important this is. So this is what I need you to understand. The magnitude of what Elijah is saying to Haziel. So I'm going to read it again. Elijah, and I'm on verse 11 of uh, chapter 8, verse 11. Elijah started, which is Elisha. Elisha started, excuse me, stared steadily at Haziel because he's looking at his soul until Haziel was embarrassed and then he started crying why I told you being an empath is having an abundance of empathy for somebody else he sees that um, Haziel is gonna sin against his own flesh by committing murders that's what is gonna happen and what's one of the laws don't kill that's even one of the commands don't kill. And what is he going to do? By the directive of the king of Syria, that's what he's going to do. And Alicia is crying because he knows that Haziel don't know what the heck he's doing. He don't know. So that's why he's crying. So Haziel said, why are you crying? Elijah said, because I know the evil that you're going to commit to the sons of Israel, I know it. And stuff is going to happen to you. Not only are you killing innocent blood, but you're going to be destroyed. That's why he's crying. It's such a bitter feeling to know what's going to happen to somebody. You try to warn them to stop and they keep doing it. It's the most gut-wrenching thing that you could think of. And I'm, I'm, I want you to be in that headspace to understand how powerful this stuff is and how important you need to turn from your wicked ways. That's how important it is. So that's why Elisha was crying. 
And then he said, you will set their strongholds on fire. This is what he's prophesying to um, Haziel, who is the right-hand man who the mo uh, who Alicia uh, saved from the, the uh, um, uh, he saved him from um, that disease, you know, uh, leprosy, sorry. <laughs> He said, you're going to set their straw horns on fire and you're going to kill the young men with the sword and you're going to smash their children to pieces and you're going to rip up the pregnant women, meaning you're going to cut them open and take their babies out and all kinds of atrocities you're going to do. I can see this in you. You coming to me humbly because you want some, but I can see the wickedness that you're going to do. And it hurts Elisha to the core. It hurts him to the core. Because this man has no idea the magnitude of wickedness he's going to carry out. This is what I mean. Haziel says, surely not. Let's surely not. For what is your servant who is nothing more than a dog? This is what he's saying to himself. That I would do this monstrous thing. And Alicia answered, as the Most High shown me, that you will... Be the king over Syria. So he's going to be the king over Syria. He's uh, the Syrian king's right-hand man. Alicia uh, saved him from the leprosy. And he's going to turn around and kill the children of Israel. Uh-huh. And Alicia is telling him he's going to do this. And he's going, oh, no, not me. Not me. Pulling a Peter. Oh, no, not me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not you. But it is you. Then Haziel departed from Elisha and went back to the king of Syria and told him, what did Elisha say? And um, Haziel said, he told me that you're going to recover. <laughs> but the next day, Haziel took the bedspread and dipped it in water and covered the king's face so that he died. And Haziel became the king in his place. Aha, uh -huh, the most high word, don't fall down, boy, baby. Okay. Now, in the fifth year of Joram, that's um, Ahab's son, the king of Israel, and Jehoshaphat is the king of Yahuda. Remember, there's two kingdoms. Jehoram, who was the king of uh, Israel, the son, I'm sorry, Jehoram, Oh, gosh. All right. Let me read it again, because this is tripping me up. Now, the fifth year of Joram, Joram is Ahab's son. Joram is the king of Israel. Okay. Then Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Yahuda and half a, uh, half a tribe of Benjamin, his son, Jehoram. So there's Joram and Jehoram. Joram is Ahab's son. Jehoram is Jehoshaphat's son. Child, this is the confusion. Okay? So he became the king. Jehoshaphat's son became the king. Let me look. Let me look. Jehoshaphat was king of Yehuda. Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Yehuda, became king. Child. Anyway. He was 32 years old when he became king and he reigned over, 
eight years over Jerusalem. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, just as the house of Ahab has done. Oh gosh. The daughter of Ahab became his wife. Oh brother. And he did evil in the sight of the Most High. So now you know both kings starting to do evil. And he married Ahab's daughter. Child, which is distant cousins. Anyway. Yet for the sake of his servant David, the Most High, the uh, Judah, which is Yahuda, the kingdom of Yahuda, for the sake of David, the Most High is not going to get rid of the... Um, um judah the kingdom okay he's not willing to destroy judah because the most high promised david that there'll always be a king of yahuda and this is why when the second world comes when the most high destroys this world and the second world comes which is yaakov's world J um jacob's world david's gonna reign as a king uh-huh that's what it says in these scriptures, honey. So, Most High does not take his word back. This is why we all still here, because we all wicked. Anyway, so the Most High was not willing to destroy Yahuda since he had promised to give the lamp, which is the, uh, the throne descendants, through the sons always of David. In the days, in these days, Edom, you already know who Edom is and was, and you know this world is ruled by Edom now. Edom revolted from the rule of Yahuda and set up a kingdom over themselves. Uh-huh. A mess. So Jehoram, the king of Judah, uh, remember there's Joram and Jehoram. Too much. Went over to Zaire in Edom with all his chariots set out by night and struck down the Edomites who had surrounded him and the captains of his chariots. But the people of his army fled to their tents. So Edom revolted against Yahuda to this day. And I'm going to tell you this. To this day. The truth is the truth. To this day. Today. 2023. Today. As a matter of fact, the Most High said in, in Genesis. That the devil's children and the most high's children are gonna fight. What do you think that's happening today? This time, huh? It is what it is until the most high wipe them out. Because there's a prophecy. Anyway, the rest of the acts of Jehoram and everything he did, are they not written in the book of the um, Chronicles of the King of Yahuda? Jehoram slept with his fathers. And he um he was di he died and he was buried in the city of David. The wicked kings and the righteous kings was in the city of David. This is terrible. Aziah, his son, became king in his place in the twelfth year of Joram, <laughs> Jehoram, the son of Ahab, the king of Israel. Aziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Aziah was 22 years old when he became king and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. You notice how they don't, uh, they don't reign a long time when they wicked. Uh-huh. 
And if they do reign a long time, they're going to have a hard life because it's going to be war, famine, all kinds of stuff in the land because the Most High gives it to them. He hits them with it. Trust and believe. Okay? And um, he walked in the ways of the house of Ahab and he did evil things in the sight of the Most High just as Ahab did. But he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. He's a wicked thing. Azahiah went to with Joram, the son of Ahab, to battle against Heziel, the king of Syria, and Ramloth Gilead. And the Syrians wounded Joram. The king Joram returned to Jezreel, and he healed. Um, he was healed of the wounds which um, the Syrians inflicted on him and Ramla when he fought against Heziel, the king of Syria. Um, Aziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Joram, the son of Ahab, in Jezreel because he was sick. Now, Elisha, the prophet, called one of the sons of the prophets. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Now we on um, chapter nine. And the highlights are one through three. Elisha sends a young prophet with instructions to anoint Jehu at Ramluff Gilead. 4 through 10, the prophet having done his message flees. 11 through 26, Jehu being made king by the soldiers kills Joram in the field of Naboth. 27 through 29, Aziah is slain at Gur and buried at Jerusalem. 30 through 37, proud Isabel is thrown down out of a window and eaten by the dogs. Listen, listen, and I'm going to need you to listen with four ears. I'm going to need you to listen to this. Okay? This chapter nine, you, you need to listen. Hearken, hear. Okay? Now, verse, uh, chapter nine. Now, the most high going to get uh, uh, Isabel, who is Jezebel. She, uh, he going to get them too because the whole house was wicked. The son, the father, the mother, they was making the whole children of Israel sin. All of them. They was doing all kinds of stuff. Lying, stealing, killing, false, uh, bearing false witness. They was um, idolatry. They was, um, what else was they doing? Uh, it was so many sins that it mounted up to the, uh, to the uh, gates of heaven. Mounted up there and the most high getting rained down on them. And I don't mean literally, but he going to get them. Anyway, now Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, gird up your loins, prepare for action. Take this flask of oil in your hand and go down to Ramluff Gilead. You see how all the kings was uh, anointed? Just listen. It's kind of like what they do to kings now, which, you know, have that coronation and all that and proclaim them king. But it's a... Uh, a better better ritual okay when you arrive there look for jehu the son of jehoshaphat the son uh, I keep, i'm not gonna keep going into the son of son of son of the son of jehoshaphat and go in and um arise from his brothers and take him into the inner room and take this flask of oil and pour it on his head and says, thus saith the Most High, I have anointed you king over Israel. 
then open the door and flee and don't delay. Yes, get out of Dodge. So the young man, the servant of Elisha or Elisha, went to Ramloff Gilead. When he arrived, the captains of the armies were sitting outside and he said, I have a message for you, old captain. Jehu said, to which one of us? And he said, for you, old captain. So Jehu got up and they went into the house and he poured the oil, because he's anointing him to be king, on Jehu's head and said to him, thus saith the most high, the El of Israel, I have anointed a king over the people of the most high of Israel. You shall strike the house of Ahab, your master. Listen, I'm gonna need you to listen. This is what the prophet is saying. I'm gonna need you to strike the house of Ahab, which is the king of Israel. Strike his house down, his family. That's what he's talking about. Strike the house down of Ahab, your master, so that they may avenged the blood of my servants the prophets because he killed the real prophets of the most high listen listen because the most high gets the last word you're not going to tear the children up of the most high i don't care whether it's from your own brethren or whoever else the lord says no killing and vengeance is the most high you're not going to play with the most high yes and the blood of all the servants of the Most High who died at the hands of Isabel, your wicked, wicked, wicked uh, Ahab's wife and um, Joram's mother. Yes. For the entire house of Ahab shall perish. The Most High already said this before. And I will cut off Ahab every male, both bond and free in Israel. Uh-huh. So what was the curse? The curse said, Most High said, I'm going to strike all the whole house of Ahab down. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Now I'm striking them all down. I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, uh -huh, who worshiped idols, and, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah, wicked kings. Listen, and the dogs are going to eat Jezebel in the territory. And I said Jezebel because everybody knows her as Jezebel, but her real name is Isabel. Yisabel, that's what it is. In the territory of Jezreel, you know, that ain't really the every J is not real because the children of Israel's language had no J's and it wasn't even J's 500 years ago in the United States. Just saying. Anyway, and the dogs will eat Isabel, who they y'all call Jezebel, in the territory of Jezreel and there will be no one to bury her. This is coming from the mouth of the Most High. Mm. Hold on. I highlight my stuff so I could just jump back to it. That's why when I say hold on, I'm highlighting. Okay. All right. So he said there's not there's not gonna be nobody to bury her. Then 
he opened up the door and he fled. So he put the prophecy there. He said the prophecy and then he got up at a dodge real quick. When Jehu came out, listen, because Jehu's the one who's going to do it. Jehu, Jehu's the one who's going to do it. Jehu came out to the servants of his master and said to them, is all well? Why did this madman come to you? And he said to them, you know very well the man and his talk. And they said, it's a lie. Tell us now. And he said, thus and thus, he spoke to me saying, thus he said, the most high, I have anointed you king over Israel. So basically they called him and they was asking him what this prophet said after the prophet anointed him. They was asking what he said. And I guess he said whatever he said, but it's not written here. <laughs> That's why I said thus and thus. Then they buried, excuse me, then they hurried each man and took his garment and placed it as a cushion under Jehu, cushion under Jehu on the top of the outside stairs. And they blew the trumpet saying, Jehu is king. Okay. Come on. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, conspired against Joram to dethrone him and kill him. Now Joram, with all Israel, was protected Ramlath Gilead against Haziel, the king of Syria. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to heal from the wounds which the Syrians had inflicted on him. When he fought with Haziel, the king of Syria. So Jehu said, if this is your servant, let no one survive and leave the city of Ramlath Gilead to go and tell the plain in Jezreel, which is the capital. So Jehu ran in the chariot, well, rode in the chariot and went to Jezreel. He did it quickly for Joram was lying there. And Aziah, the king of Judah had come down to see Joram. Now the watchman was standing at the tower of, in Jezreel and he saw the crowd with Jehu and he approached and said, I see a company. And Joram said, send the horsemen to meet them. And have them ask, do you come in peace? So the horseman went down to him and said, thus says the king, do you come in peace? And Jehu said, what have you to do with peace? Rain in behind me. So the watchman reported the messenger approached them, but he didn't return. Let me say it again. And the watchman reported. The messenger approached them, but he didn't. Uh, but he has not returned. So he went to go meet Joram. But he, sorry, Jehu, Jehu. But uh, he didn't go back. He didn't go back to report the message or the answer to the message. Then Joram, who's the king that's going to be killed, he sent out a second messenger who approached them 
and said, Thus say the king, Do you come in peace? Jehu replied, What do you have to do with peace? Rain in behind me. And the watchman reported, He approached them, but he has not returned. So he's basically telling them, Don't, don't get in the way, don't go back. He has not returned, and the driving of the chariot like that of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. So he is on his way, honey, to do damage. So Joram said, harness the chariot. Joram's the king. Remember, Jehu coming to tear stuff up. Then they harnessed the chariot and the horses. Joram, the king of Israel, and as Isaiah, the king of Judah, went out, each in a chariot, and they went out to meet Jehu and met him on the property of Naboth and uh, the Jezreelite. Then Joram said to Jehu, Jehu, sorry, Joram said to Jehu, he said, do you come in peace, Jehu? And he answered, <laughs> What peace can exist as long as the fornications of your mother, Isabel, and her sorceries are so many? Ooh. So, Joram, so Joram reigned his chariot around and fled. And he said to Aziah, treachery and, be treachery and betrayal, Aziah. But Jehu drew his bow with full strength and shot Joram between his shoulders. And the arrow went out through his heart and he sank down in the chariot. So <laughs> Jehu did not come to play. He came to slay. And I mean, literally slay. All right. Then Jehu said to Bidkar, his officer pick him up and throw him on the property of the field of Naboth, Naboth, the Jezreelite. For I remember when you and I were riding together after his father Ahab, that the Most High uttered this prophecy against him. So he remembers that the Most High told Ahab, oh yeah, you're going to die and so are your descendants because you wicked. So this is the prophecy. Everybody heard that prophecy. And guess what? It's being carried out right now. Uh-huh. See, I'm going to tell you this. When the Most High said he's going to get whatever nation, whatever person, whatever, whoever, animal, plant, sun, star, moon, he's going to get them all. He's getting them. Okay? There's a time and a place for everything. And the Most High already set that clock when this first sin came. That's why I did the consummation of time. Did I not say everything was relevant? Oh, yes. Little by little, everybody going to get their just dues. And at the end, the most wicked is going to get theirs. Just saying. Verse 26. I certainly saw the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons yesterday, says the Most High. I will repay you on this property, says the Most High. Now then, pick him up and throw him on the property of Naboth in accordance to the word of the Most High. Mm -hmm. Then Aziah, the king of Judah, saw this. When he saw this, because remember him and um, 
the king who just got shot with the arrow, they both came down to um, Jehu. And uh, Jehu killed um, um, what's this heifer's name? Um, Isabel's son, who's Ahab's son. He killed him and um, Aziah, the king of Judah, turned around and fled away to the garden house. Jehu pursued him and said, shoot him too while he's in the chariot chair. <laughs> the most high is not playing. He said Jehu to tear stuff up. Okay. So he said shoot him too while he's in the chariot. So they shot him. Oh. At the ascent of Gur, which is by Ablium, and Aziah fled to Megiddo and died. He died right there. Then his servants carried him to the chariot. And then they went to Jerusalem and they buried him in his grave with his fathers in the city of David. In the 11th year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Aziah became king over Yahuda. So when Jehu came down to Jezreel, Isabel heard about it. Now, I don't believe she know her son is dead. She heard about it and she painted her face and her eye. Listen, she painted her face and her eyes. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Painting your face and your eyes, that's putting on makeup. What did the angels teach the uh, daughters of men how to put on makeup? This is why when you see somebody or anybody see somebody and they full beat face full of makeup, when they take that makeup off, do they look like the person um, that they did when they had the makeup on? It's like an illusion, a delusion. Okay. The angels taught women how to use makeup. Yes. Anyway, so I'm gonna read it again. Verse 30. So when Jehu came to Jezreel, Isabel, who y'all call Jezebel, heard about it and she painted her face and her eyes and adorned her head and looked down from the upper window. That's what she did trying to entice Jehu. That's what she wanted to do. So when people call people Jezebels, it's not only because she was a heifer, it's because you holy wicked. This is why some people need to understand what they saying when they call somebody a Jezebel. Because they don't understand the full extent of what a Jezebel is, a spiritual Jezebel. There's some people just blurting out stuff. They don't know what the hell they talk about. Okay. Jezebel was a full-fledged heathen. She, it wasn't that she was just enticing people and putting on a beat face. For those people who don't know what a beat face is, fully makeup face. That's what it means. Fully makeup. Pounds of makeup. You don't even know who the person is when you take the makeup off. That's what I mean by beat face. So she did this to try to entice Jehu. Not only did she put on makeup to try to entice him, she was a wicked heathen. So think about what you're saying when you call somebody a Jezebel. Okay? Because And you got to understand this too. There wouldn't be no Jezebel if there wasn't an Ahab. A a Jezebel can't be Jezebel by herself. It got to be Ahab too. Back to what I was saying. 
So when she did this, put on a full beat face and looked in the window, did her hair and cropped herself up thinking that she get ready to entice this man. This man was on a full mission from the most high, honey. Nothing was going to sway him this way or that. That's what I mean. You got to have tunnel vision when you in the most high's well. Who cares what's going on on the left side or the right side? I'm coming here to do the will of the most high. Praise y'all, honey. So Jehu entered in at the gate and Isabel said, is it well? Zimmery, your master's murderer. Jehu raised his face toward the window and said, who is on my side? Yelling to the people in the window. Who? And two or three officials looked down at him. And Jehu said, throw her down. And they threw their heifer down from the window. And some of her blood spat, uh, splattered on the wall. And the horses trampled all over her. Nah, throw that heifer down. They threw her down and the horses trampled all over her. When he came in, he ate and drank and said, see now to this cursed woman and bury her for she's the king's daughter. They went and buried her. But they didn't find nothing left over except for her head and her feet and the two palms of her hands. When I say the most high is not playing, the most high is not playing with you. He ain't playing with me. He ain't playing with you. He ain't playing with nobody. When he say he going to do damage, nobody could do you like the most high could do you. Nobody. I don't care who it is. Nobody could do you like the most high. And when he said he going to kill somebody, when he said he going to tear somebody up, when he said he going to avenge his children, that's exactly what he's going to do. Honey. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So they returned and told Jehu. And he said, this is the word of the most high, which he spoke through his servants. Elijah, the Tishbite saying, in the property of Jezreel, the dog shall eat the flesh of Isabel. And he did say that. The Most High said it and sent it to Elijah, the one who went up in the, um, the chariot, sent it to him. The corpse of Jezebel will be like dung. That means doo-doo. It's going to be like dung. On the surface of the field in the property of Jezreel. So they cannot say this is Isabel. I'ma need you, I'ma need you to hear what I'm getting ready to say right now. Your evil wicked ways, the works of your evil wicked ways, the payment for your evil wicked ways is death. Okay. Sin is transgression of the law. When you violate the law and you work sin, your payment is death. This never went away. It was from the beginning, before it was written and after. Because remember, Cain killed e um, Abel. That was a sin. Was it written down anywhere? No. But it was a spoken rule from the Most High. Yeah, Cain was the devil's son because when Adam and Eve sinned, wickedness came into um, Adam, a seed of wickedness came into Adam and grew. So when his seed went into Eve, it was wicked. 
there you go, Cain. Uh-huh. And the devil enticed him and the devil talked to him and it was the devil's son. So the most high knew all this stuff was going on because he knew this stuff before the foundation of the world. That's why Cain killed Abel. You need to understand the magnitude of wickedness that's in this earth and the magnitude of the devil that's spreading the wickedness to bring you to your knees and kill your soul. This is how powerful all this stuff is. People have no idea what they're doing when they go out there and sin. When you rob other people, when you kill other people, when you do other people wrong, when you do all kinds of unspeakable things to people and you call yourself a good person, in your heart, you believe that you're good. You are being deceived by the devil. And you're going to get your payment. Oh, you're going to get it. And that's everybody. So with that, I hope that you learned something. We're going to learn something. Every day I open up this book, honey, we're going to learn something together. Yes. And I'm telling you, turn from your wicked ways. Change your mind. Change your mind from this world. Come out of this world. You see what's happening to the children of Israel left and right. They marrying people they shouldn't be marrying. That never went away. The most I said don't marry people. They marrying whoever they want to. They doing whatever they want to. They killing, stealing, lying, uh, cursing one another, hating one another. They doing all the stuff they've been doing since the Old Testament. You know who the children of Israel are. And they're going to get it because the most High said he's going to wipe out the rebels. And he's going to discipline the children that sin. This is why the laws are here. So the most high could gauge how much he's going to punish you or how, uh, or figure that he's just going to wipe you out. This is what the laws are. Understand that and know it. Like I said, I hope that you have a wonderful Sabbath. I hope that you enjoying your family, loving on your family, spend every moment with your family because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We could be walking and having a good time today, laughing and loving on one another. And somebody could just drop there at any time. I'm telling you, I am telling you, enjoy your family, love on them. Look to the good. Don't look to the evil because evil will be avenged by the most high. Trust me. Most high going to get all the evil people, all the evil situations. I don't care what it is. Sun, moon, stars, earth, people, everything. The most high going to get everything, everybody, every, everybody who transgressed, everything that transgressed. Because there's things that transgress too. Every soul, every spirit that transgressed, the most high going to get them. Mm -hmm. Not just me and you, everything. Angels, uh, the earth, and the earth didn't really do anything. But because sin keeps abounding, she don't have no choice. But the heathens is um, desecrating her and try uh, treading her down. She's going to, the Most High is going to allow the earth to tear people off. The Most High is going to allow animals to tear people up. I'm telling you, everything is relevant. This is in the scriptures. This is a prophecy. Yes, honey. So like I said, enjoy your family. Meditate on the word. Focus on the Most High. Turn from your wicked ways. Go to the Most High. Trust and believe he's going to win. He's going to win. Not no devil, not nobody is going to win. No other spirit, no soul is going to win. The Most High is going to win. That's why he said he's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is. So like I said, I hope you enjoy this reading. Enjoy your family. Meditate on the word of the Most High. Get close to the Most High. Turn from your wicked ways. Love on the Most High. Love your fellow man. These are commands that never went away. Enjoy yourself and until next time.
Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A, at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. to hear the word of truth from the most high but you know what's better hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content you can also save a life by sharing this valuable content go ahead save a life today thanks Hey, don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.